Hey everybody, my name is Justin Boothby and today I'm with Patty Sue Arnold from Casa de Fe and we are here in Ecuador. We're actually in the town called Shell, Ecuador and uh, really excited to do this podcast because uh, I feel like Patty Sue is like a legend here, uh, at least according to Steve and Sharon Beam, that you're like legends to them. So uh, she's been here for a while and uh, I'm gonna let her tell her story. I'm not gonna tell her story for you. Uh, but we wanted to just remind you that the Empowering Hope podcast is all about sharing how people are using their gifts to advance the kingdom of God. And it's not about celebrities, it's about normal everyday people who are just using the gifts that God have, has given them in order to advance God's kingdom. And so, Patty Sue, welcome to the podcast. It's easier to talk to real people, but yeah. Yeah, we're just having a conversation. Okay. We're, just, <laughs> we're just talking and uh, it just, just happens to be recorded, that's all. Um, all right, so Patty Sue, tell me a little bit about why you're here, how long you've been here, and um, we'll go from there. Okay, well, it, it's not like I one day woke up and said, I'm gonna go start an orphanage in the Ecuadorian jungle. Um, actually, if I think if I would have, if God would have told me to do that, it would have been like doing the Jonah thing, you know. Mm. But, uh, but it was kind of a step at a time. I retired from the military in 98 and I had a job for a while, but I was going on too many short-term mission trips and I got fired from that job. So I thought, well, maybe God's trying to tell me something. Um, but it's not easy to, to become a missionary. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was going to Southern Baptist Church and um, I didn't qualify to be an IMB missionary um, because of a lot of reasons, but mostly it was because um, they don't like you to take teenage children on the mission field. Mm -hmm. And so um, I had to go out and look for a way to go on the mission field. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I found a mission sending organization and they asked me to come to Ecuador to help a lady who was distributing wheelchairs for Jonah Erickson Tata. And so I did that in Quito for a while and was going to a, a church in Quito. And at church one day they said, um, could you, somebody need, we need somebody to take a, a foster child. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I could do that. I raised two boys in the military. Yeah. And so I, I took that foster child. Um, and then about six months later, I took another foster child. And this was still in Quito and I was still, you know, distributing, helping distribute wheelchairs. And um, I just really never liked Quito. I was, I'm a, I'm a country girl and I grew up in the country. And so had some friends down here in Shell. Um, and the, the people that I was working with didn't really like the idea that I was taking foster children. And I don't know if it was because I was single or what, but um, so uh, we kind of parted ways and I moved down to Shell just because I had some friends down here from language school and just, uh, and actually uh, God gave me an apartment for free down here. Wow. Um, a lady was going to Quito to be a, a caregiver for some children for a missionary and her house was empty and they asked me to stay in it. And so my 14 year old son and two foster kids moved to Shell. And it was pretty much like the Clampets. It w <laughs> we had an old Jeep at the time and we had stuff tied on the top. And I actually had two uh, full-grown boxers. So it was this Jeep and with 
three kids and me and two boxers and all of our stuff. It was, it was hilarious. But uh, so we moved down here and I, it was just always, I just kept praying, you know, God, what do you have for me? You know, I can take care of these kids and, and I'll be fine with that. But, you know, I always thought, you know, he had some, something more and, and really probably was thinking within myself because I was a mechanic in the army and, and there had to be something other, other than taking care of kids that I could do. Um, but I think that's, you know, that's just the way, you know, we, we go off and say, I'm going to go do this for God. And it's not really even his idea. You know, it's our idea and it right. never works out. So I can tell you this was God's idea. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. So one of the things you brought up was that it is not easy to be a missionary. And I think a lot of, maybe not a lot of, but there are a good amount of Christians in the States who assume that missionaries just go off and they're living, you know, a vacation life. And at least that's what I've heard from other missionaries that they've been told, oh, you're just going down there and living a vacation, you know? We're just paying for you to be on vacation all the time. What would you say to that? I, I mean, I would say that we're just living normal lives. It's definitely not a vacation. Um, you know, I, I home, this, this, the school in English here closed a couple years ago, so I homeschool my child. Um, I still have to raise, you know, $36,000 a month for Casa de Fe. I have to raise money for myself to live here and raise a child. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, and it's, it's really, a, it's emotionally draining. You know, as, and especially when, um, you know, I have a lot of Ecuadorian friends, but they're Ecuadorian friends. And, you know, and there's, you know, the other, uh, Jeff and Ray are here and we can talk, but there's really not a lot of people that you can share what, how you really feel, yeah. you know? And so it's really hard. It's, um, you know, you're trying to raise money. So, you know, are you going to tell your donors, you know, I really had a bad day? you know, or, you know, one of the kids died or, um, you know, there's one that's really sick and I'm worried about, or I, you know, I, I had to go out and buy Pediasure today because the foundation didn't have enough money and they, you know, we have a little kid that really needs it. I mean, you just, you can't tell donors that because you, what donors want to hear is everything's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're feeding 10,000 kids every, every week, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, they yeah. want to hear, you know, how many came to Christ and how many, you know, yeah. they don't want to hear how many died. Yeah. That's sad. Um, so would you be willing to talk about your tattoos? Well, they're just, they're a way that I remember the children who've died. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, I love that. It's not really for anybody else. It's just for me. Yeah. And, and, I, and it's, it's so funny because, you know, I'm, I was in the military. So, you know, I've had, I've had Christians, good meaning Christians, ask me like, so are, you got those in the military? Oh, <laughs> and I, my and I, gosh. I, I really actually had no tattoos in the military. Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, okay, well, um, I know one of the things you brought up was adoptions, right? And would you want to share a little bit about that? You know, adoptions are, are, are necessary. We need people out there adopting kids. Um, but we also need people that don't have rose-colored glasses on. 
you know, it's a hard, hard thing to adopt a child. Um, even a child from birth can have a lot of damage. And I'm not talking about physical damage, I'm talking about emotional damage. And, and I know it's hard to understand, but if you talk to anybody who has an adopted child, they will tell you, you know, after, after the fact, you know, after they've already adopted them and had to deal with all this stuff, is that it doesn't matter what age they are. Mm -hmm. if, if a child has been given up for any reason, and, and a lot of times it's not bad reasons, yeah. but if, if a child has been torn away from their family, even at birth, it's traumatic. And, the, and, and children in utero know what their mothers are thinking. Yeah. They know that their mothers are upset. They, you know, they know what's going on. And, and, and so you can't go into adoption of any kind thinking, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm helping this child, I'm going to change their life. Mm -hmm. Because what's gonna happen is they're gonna change your life. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's for the good. It, it really is. It's, I'm not, I don't want it to, you know, I don't wanna turn people away from adoption. I just want them to understand that it's hard. Yeah. It's, you know, it's way harder than raising your own kids. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the adoption process from Ecuador? Well, we're not really, as, as a, an organization that takes care of children, we're not, we don't do adoptions. What, we, what our responsibility is at Casa de Fe is to, uh, we always have to be working towards something. Mm -hmm. So we're either working towards reinserting a child into the, a family unit. Now it could be grandparents, it could be parents, it could be aunts and uncles, but we have to be either working towards that working towards adoption or adoptability. So all we do is, is the, the, the legal transactions to make them adoptable, mm -hmm. which is, you know, uh, investigations, um, you know, are there any, is there anyone suitable to, to adopt, to, to reinsert the child or autonomy, which is what Jeff and Ray do. Um, you know, they're teaching the kids what they need to do to live in, in, in society, yeah. um, and we're doing that too at Casa de Fe. You know, we're we're teaching that you teach that from birth. You know, yeah. to uh, for a child to actually be able to go out and be autonomous. But um, Casa de Fe's legal part of adoptions is only to to make a child adoptable. Okay. And right now, we actually have five children at Casa de Fe that are adoptable, okay. and we're looking for parents for them. Um, but and, and normally, in a normal situation, we wouldn't look for parents. But because these children are, a lot of these children are special needs or older, Ecuadorians won't adopt them. So what happens when our children become adoptable is we turn all that adoptable paperwork into the government. The government has an agency that does adoptions. And so we turn all that paperwork to them. And then normally it would be their responsibility to do the adoption like to find the parents and all of that stuff. But because, again, because we have special needs children and older children, um, we actually do look for parents for, for our children because no one in Ecuador will adopt them. So um, there's three agencies in the U.S. That, are le that can legally work in Ecuador. And so if you want to adopt a child from, from the U.S. to, you know, from Ecuador to the U.S., 
you have to go through one of those three agencies. There's also an agency in Spain. I think there's an agency in Italy. But there's only about five countries that, that do adoptions out of Equ through Ecuador. Okay. So, um, but our part of it as CASEFE is just making the child available for adoption. Um, what has been what has been the hardest aspect of running an orphanage here in Ecuador? Wow, <laughs> it's a good it's a big question. It is because I think there's you know the hardest thing is is a daily you know it's it's what what's hard today is is another, is something that's hard tomorrow and um, you know I. I think it's it's really it's hard um, holding the line um, of being a Christian organization, um, teaching the children, you know how you know what we what they need to know, you know to become become Christians, um, and dealing with you know the government, yeah. and um, it's just a lot of organizations in in Ecuador just do what the government wants them to do. Mm -hmm. And and that could be even as far as having the government place employees in your organization. And so we've we fought that um, to be our own organization. Yeah. But it's a it is it's a daily fight. It's a you know to the point of um, you know, them coming in and saying, you have to give us this information and, and me saying, no, you can't have that information. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, I hate to say it, but we, you know, there's a lot of tricks, you know, could you put that in writing because they never want to sign anything? And could you show me that in a regulation? And then they can't, sure. you know, so, but, but it's like holding that line because, and, and then teaching the Ecuadorians um, now, because we have an Ecuadorian leadership now, uh, director and, and yeah. assistant, um, teaching them that they can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, I think that they, they, they're taught that the government's right and they're gonna do everything right. And- The government is always right. <laughs> and, and so it's harder for them to say, say no to somebody. Yeah. You know, oh, we're gonna get in trouble. Yeah. Um, if they're not doing it, by the law, then you're not going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think that just holding holding the line is a hard thing to do day in and day out, and it's really hard for the Ecuadorians. Yeah. But but we have a really strong leadership right now. Good, Heidi seems like she can take care of things pretty well. <laughs> and Heidi's been with me for eight years. Yeah. She's watched me deny things yeah. and tell people things, and so. Yeah, and Henry's really good too. They're yeah. they're a great balance. Yeah, believe it. <laughs> um, so, did I hear you correctly earlier? You have to raise thirty six thousand a month. Yes. I'm sure that's been really easy for you to do, and you've had no <laughs> problems raising thirty six thousand dollars a month. Well, you know the the sad thing is, is that when we were building this property, and it's you know it's beautiful. It's yeah. um, we had absolutely no problem with you know making payroll anything. But now that we're where we need to be, or the, you know, the whole goal was to have this infrastructure here for the kids, but now that we don't have to build, I'm having a hard time you know, raising enough money to, to pay the light bill. 
and and that's just that's just a really hard thing it's people just love to be a part of a project but when the pot project's completed and you just have to maintain it you lose a lot of that yeah yeah and people forget that the real ministry is the people not the building you know and and i think that even goes to what is going on in in america as well you know we have these buildings right we have these big beautiful four wall buildings and people care so much about raising money for the buildings, but we won't raise money for people. And I think that's something that has to shift in, and I'm sure it's not just America, right? I'm sure, I'm sure it's everywhere, but that's something that needs to shift because real ministry doesn't necessarily take place, okay, maybe it does take place in the four walls of a building, but the ministry is not the building, the ministry is people, so. Yeah, it's uh, really, it's just hard to, you know, the, my kids are being really well taken care of. You know, we have animals, we get donations of rice, we get donations of eggs. Um, they're getting fed, they're going to school, and they're being loved every day by these wonderful women. But then these women go home, and if I can't pay payroll, then they don't feed their kids. Yeah. I mean, that's just really sad. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I, um, I'm mentioning in today's video update is that um, you have basically, you've created jobs for Ecuadorians here. Um, so you're not just helping the children that are here, but you're also helping local Ecuadorians and giving well, them jobs Well, actually, now well. that the hospital's closed, we're the, the biggest employer in, in Shell. Wow. I didn't know that. Wow. Um, and so, like, so... so I raise $36,000 a month. Every penny of that is spent here. Yeah. Like even when, even the 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 payroll, $17,000 of that is payroll. Mm -hmm. They go back and and buy food in the community. Right. They go back and so uh, $400,000 if that's raised to to support Casa de Fe is all spent here. Mm -hmm. In, in Shell. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Um, I mean, it's not awesome that the hospital is closed, <laughs> um, but um, it's awesome that you're able to, you know, go above and beyond as far as helping people here in Ecuador. Um, what has been your favorite memory? And I know we, we hit on, we hit on one yesterday and I know we can't share it. <laughs> Oh, I'd love to share that one. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but yeah, what is your favorite memory here, being here in, I guess, 19 years? Yeah, I, I have lots of favorite memories, but I think they, they're all, it's all around the kids. It's all, uh, you know, a smile or a laugh or, you know, even, even you know, when we've buried children, um, it's been it's been joyous. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a celebration of their lives, but, um, you know, all the kids that have died are special needs. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, it's a, it's a joyous thing because now they're running and playing in heaven and they're, you know, eating with Jesus and yeah. it's cool. Anything else that you would like to share? Come and see it. See Touch it. it. Once you touch it, it's yours. Yeah. It's true. Once you come and you see the kids and you get to know Patty Sue, you get to know Ray and Jeff, you get to know the Tias, 
um, you'll see they are worth investing in. That Casa de Fe, Casa de los Sueños, this place is worth investing in because like we said, not only are they helping the children, but they're also empowering the local community here in Shell as well. I mean, every taxi driver that we've talked to knows where Casa de Fe is, right? This is, this is a staple of the community um, because they're helping people and they're, they're, they're bringing Jesus here to Shell and they're doing it in a real way. They're not, you know, <laughs> I, we saw something yesterday where there's, you know, 24 seven baptisms going on and everybody's getting saved and it's like, but the real ministry is day in, day out, living with people. And you, know, you don't have to say, hey, where are you at with Jesus? Hey, where are you at with Jesus? Where are you at with Jesus? You can say, hey, I love you. And Jesus loves you. And we're here to do life with you. And I think that's the beautiful thing. And, and I'll get into this a little bit more in, in Ray and Jeff's um, uh, podcast. But it's, it's what I call the extraordinary mundane. You know, yes, it's day in, day out routine, but it's extraordinary because God said, go and do this. And they went and they did this. And now they're doing the real ministry, which is cooking, which is sitting side by side and listening and hearing their stories and, and doing life with them. So Patty Sue, what are some different ways that people can give to you? And what does that process look like for you guys? Well, it's mostly an online process because you can go on onto our website lacastadefe.org and um, it tells everything. It gives the address where you can mail a check or and it, and it gives you options where you can do um, monthly donations every month or you can do ACH. You know, there's a lot of options online. Um, so if you go to the website and it'll show you, show you that. Um, Casa de Fe has its own 501c3 and that it, that's called Hope Extended. And so Hope Extended basically just um, takes in money for Casa de Fe and Casa de los Sueños. And the cool thing is, is that the board of directors of Hope Extended voted early on that they would cover all the overhead. So 100% of what's donated to Casa de Fe or Casa de los Sueños goes to those causes. Wow, that's awesome. So, so they just cover all the overhead and everything else just comes directly to you guys, right? Yep. Perfect. Um, and then they can all do that on lacasadefe.org, correct? On lacasadefe.org. And if you don't want to do online anything, if you want to send a check or, or whatever, um, there's information online on the website for doing that. Okay. The address and phone numbers of contact, info, contact people if you want to talk to somebody. Great. Excellent. <laughs> and then you guys are on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Are you guys on Twitter as well? We are. Not really. Not really. Not really. Okay. We Facebook have, and Instagram. We have, a, we have a Twitter, but you got to understand that, that all of us that, that are doing this right now are in our 60s. <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit more difficult for us. Well, but if somebody wants to volunteer to, to run that Twitter account. Hey, there you go. I, that's a great way to, to, to donate. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and that's something we try to do. We try to connect people with uh, ministries, and I think that that's an, an incredibly practical way of helping out, right, is running somebody's Twitter account for them. You know, maybe you send them content, and then they post it for you. So, yeah, hey, if you would like to help out with that, you can do so and just send her a message on Facebook, or you can send them an email. Uh, is there an email on there for you guys? It's on the, it's on the, uh, 
website. On the website? Okay. All right, so if you'd like to get in touch with uh, Casa de Fe, why don't you go ahead and go to lacasadefe.org. We'll have all that information in the uh, credits below, so make sure to check that out. And thank you so much, Patty Sue, for being on, and it was a pleasure talking with you, and look thank forward you. to seeing what God continues to do through you. <laughs> We're always amazed. Yes. All right, thanks for watching, and we will see you next time.